Welcome to Bitch Talk, Booze and Interviews, straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange, and we're bringing you back another really awesome interview from Sundance. But before that, I want you to remember to go to bitchtalkpodcast.com. And from 6 to 6.30 a.m. every Monday, you can find us at bff.fm. So this was a last-minute interview uh, that came to us pretty much the day before. Um, and so I had to rush, watch this film, and the reason why I was really excited, uh, not only for the storyline, was because I would be interviewing Amy Ryan, who is an incredible actress. You've seen her in everything, but most notably for me in The Office, she plays Holly, and <laughs> she's one of my favorite characters uh, in that show. But um, yeah, this is a really heavy film. It's based on a true story about a mother who's trying to find her missing daughter. And it, it turns out that her daughter has been part of the, the uh, sex industry, the underground sex industry, and the police won't help her. So she decides to take matters into her own hands. Um, and, and like I said, this is based on a true story, and this is an un- unsolved mystery to this day. Uh, so I think it's a really important topic to put out there uh, to have us realize that this is happening still to this day. Um, and it was a real pleasure to interview the star, Amy Ryan, and director Liz Garvis. So enjoy. I'm your host, John Wildman, here with my Bitch Talk teammate, Angela Sabora. And on this segment, we're going to be talking about Lost Girls. In the premiere section of Sundance, we have our director, Liz Garbus, and the great Amy Ryan with us as well. Um, it's great to have both of you here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks. Um, Liz, we always start the, these segments off by having our director introduce the audience to the film. So you lead us off. Well, a bitch talk is a good is an apt place for us to talk <laughs> we about thought so. yeah. this film because we got some mean bitches in this film. Yes, oh, yeah. thank you. Some badass bitches. We've got a good tribe. Um, yeah. Um, that Lost Girls um, tells the story of a mother, Mary Gilbert, whose daughter goes missing, and um, the mother tries to get the authorities to help find, look for her daughter. And what she when she encounters resistance, she pushes back. And what she ends up uncovering as a conspiracy where um, perhaps a, at least 10 sex workers were murdered and their um, cases never looked into or investigated. So um, Amy's character, Mary Gilbert, um, won't take their resistance and their lack of action for an answer, and she kind of creates a movement. Um, so yeah, she's a bad bitch. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, and, and, and I mean, this is, this is based on a true story. And and anytime you do that, there are responsibilities and there are are things kind of on your shoulders, um, both as the director uh, doing this and as as the actor portraying someone. So I'd love for both of you to talk about that. And Amy, let's start with you. Um, you know the the responsibility of, of playing someone who actually exists, a, a living yeah. person. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so uh, when I I remember the story in the news and. Then when the the script came along and I was I read the script and I was meeting Liz and quickly looking stuff online I I learned um, Mary had been killed and when Liz and I met for coffee and she kept saying well she said this and she said that and I said, I said I'm sorry you know who are you talking to and she said oh Mary she helped us in the early days as we were developing the script and I mean there's already an enormous weight. And you want to get you want to get someone's life right, or you want to shine the light on something, especially a story like this where there's so much injustice. But um, I, because there hasn't been justice yet for these families, I felt that weight, and I felt that hope that maybe um, viewers will see this film and keep clicking on other stuff online and wanting answers, and that the this 
world would grow back out and maybe 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 justice would be served for these family but um but yeah I, I felt i felt the weight of their story yeah and then the second part of this is from the filmmaker standpoint again the, you know um this is something that happened and so you can't create a dramatic arc with an ending that would be satisfying just because dramatically it'd be satisfying it happened or it didn't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yet and yet you have to take us along for that, that ride. Sure, yeah. So it's a challenge. I mean, look, it would be nice if the movie ended with um, them catching the killer or with Amy's daughter being alive. You know, neither of those things happened. Um, so what we had to do was look for a narrative um, in the truth of the characters in terms of their own personal journeys. And um, Amy's character, Mary, was a woman who... Um, was a survivor and um, had to make a lot of hard choices in her life in terms of giving up children and was ang- so angry at herself. There was so much internalized anger and guilt. Um, and so her, the journey in the film is a journey of her forgiving herself and, and embracing the children who were there, who, who, were, no, who were not missing, and f- them finding mm-hmm. each other. And so we are able to craft a narrative out of the emotional truths and journeys in the film um the kind of neat button of the whodunit with the killer at the end that was not available to us yeah i think that is a a really important part of this story because obviously we're angry with the police you know we're we want them to put in more work but i think amy coming to terms with your character and her flaws as well you know as as she learns more about her daughter and you know maybe i could have done this maybe i could have done this to help uh, i think that was an important part of it because you know we're, we're all part of this system and we have to realize our role in it that's right i mean i i've I have a 10-year-old daughter. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I'm like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> I remember being like, oh, I really messed that one up. And, you know, and then like reflecting back on the, you know, my own mother, like, oh, I should have been nicer to her. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I now, I, now yeah. I see what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, but, 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 but yes, it's, it's, um, I don't know that uh, what I what I also I, I love I love about Mary is knowing knowing all that and she still puts herself out there and um, and she also she's someone who in the beginning she's quite resistant to anybody else's worlds you know coming in and but um, even through this extreme just horrific grief she's able to literally find her tribe mm-hmm. and uh, they become quite powerful. Did you get to speak with any of those mothers or, or daughters or in, in real life from this group of women? Yeah, I mean, we, all the actors had, you know, a large amount of amazing documentary material and archival yeah. material. Um, and I was in touch with um, Mary before she passed. And we recently had an opportunity to show the families the film. Uh, wow. Families, yeah, the different survivors from the families, which was a really incredible experience. Pretty heavy. Um, one thing that Amy found, which I think, you know, speaks to sort of the character that she was just talking about was, um, you remember when you found that podcast, The Mothers of the Movement? Oh, gosh. And yeah. it was mothers who had, were supporting each other. They had lost children to gun violence. Yeah. And, you know, that was the self, like the, the, the strength and the real joy that that community brings, mm-hmm. even out of trauma, like the phoenix from yeah. the flames. That's the kind of power we were looking for. And their voices were so powerful, I think. Oh we my both God. learned yeah, a lot still from get, them. Yeah, yeah. still get uh, goosebumps there yeah. <laughs> thinking of them. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to talk about, um, uh, Amy, you're, you're working with uh, Gabriel Byrne um, in, in the <laughs> film. 
because this is one of those things when you know, as a film fan, we watch this and we and we have someone like yourself with someone like him, and we go, "Oh, this is this is why we watch movies." Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> you know, but, but 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 talk about that from yeah. from 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 your working perspective on the set. You know, that those scenes that you had with Gabriel. Yeah, um, well, Gabriel's an old friend, and we worked together before um, uh, on In Treatment, the HBO series. Um, so I, I'm. I'm very comfortable around that man, and I, I adore him. And he's really curious. He's really bright. He we did a lot of rehearsal work and invest. You know, we're kind of digging up every line. Like you know, it's 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 slow work, but it pays off. Um, and um, and so you know, there's just there's just a a freedom that flows of trust there. And um, I, I know when when Liz told me she was, um, you know had offered Gabriel the role. I was like, can I email him? Can I, can I, can I, can I tell him he's got to do it? Like, how? Like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to, like, but, um, but I was so glad he joined. He, he's incredible in the film. And Liz, from your perspective, you know, as a director, you know, you know, you know, having these two to work with, because especially, like, you know, uh, you know, Amy brings a, a just a, just an intrinsic power to the stuff that she does. But Gabriel is, is very sly. In, in, yeah, in, in, he is. In how he, he gets things in. <laughs> sure. So, so yeah. Talk about that. Uh, working with them was yeah. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> I mean, they're such professionals. They're like, this is bitch talk. you know, working with them is a dream. I mean, it's just like Amy um, doesn't give you any bad takes. Um, Gabriel really doesn't either um they're i mean they're they um were also so receptive to notes and feedback um i, I don't think that was your question what was your question about, about, about directing those two yeah in, 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 especially in those face-off kind of kind of scenes because there there are a, a, a few of them yeah well it was wonderful that amy and gabriel knew each other and they had that kind of chemistry and trust i mean it's really gives you a shorthand you kind of jump over some hurdles that you'd probably have to work out in the first few scenes um but yeah they were wonderful and what gabriel did was he infused such humanity and complexity into a role mm-hmm. that um you know in some ways we don't really know commissioner dormer like we he presided over this case this case was not well handled um i don't have any thought that he was um in any way responsible for anything but he is responsible in some ways for the lack of justice but gabriel still infused that role with humanity and each character here is exact has that sense of depth um so you know in addition to amy it was just really um quite a dream team well, and, and to piggyback off that, the young women that play your daughters, oh my God. they're so, I mean, to hold their own in a scene with you and really be pulling at the emotional heartstrings, like, how was it? Were you, did you take them under your wing? Or, or Listen, I, you, I saw they... Una and Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding, I, you know, I was trying to keep up with her. And, and of course, the incredible Thomas and Mackenzie. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I always, I, I started young, but I mean, I was, I was 18 when I started acting, but I was like, but oh my God, like what they... I didn't figure, I'm still trying to figure things out, but I was like, but what they figured out already, mm-hmm. they just have um, just such nuance and a maturity and they're, they're interesting and they're kind. And I mean, I can go on and on about those two, but um, they're, they're just stunning actresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, there's, a, they, 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 there's an, you know, we, we talk about like, you know, when you're acting like underplaying things and, and there's a thing where it was so wonderfully done, so wonderfully nuanced what you're able to get out of, out of those two. Within the, in that realm, that is very impressive. We 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 we're going to wrap up the segment, but I want to wrap it up this way because I think there's um, talk about a project that it took a while to get it 
and, and you know, to, to actually get it to to the, to the screen. And you know, as as film fans and consumers, we go, well, they wanted to make the movie, and then they made the movie. Is that how it works? Another idea. I'll make it next week. That is not how it works. And so, give a little bit of insight into that, and, and because because it, it really kind of parallel. It, it you could make a parallel to the movie we're talking about, as far as <sighs> the struggle to actually get. To this point. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. I mean, The Promised Land was Netflix. I mean, we had been working on this film for some time. Um, it had uh, been in some different with some different studios, and when we brought it to Netflix, actually, it was just everything came together, and we were able to make the movie. But no, there's a lot that happens before that. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of drafts of the script. There's a lot of conversations. I mean, really, the main challenge is there's not a male lead in this movie, if you didn't notice. I mean, Gabriel is a movie star, but he's not the lead in this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's that's a challenge in getting a film financed. But Netflix, because it's a it's a different kind of studio, was able for us you know to make the film, and that was you know that's incredible. They're, they put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. A, a, wonderful that it happened again. The film is Lost Girls in the premiere section of Sundance. We've been talking to Liz Garbus and Amy Ryan. It's been great to have you both here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so Thanks. much. So that was my interview with Liz Garbus and Amy Ryan of the film Lost Girls, and they were really feeling the bitch talk brand. They were like, speaking of bad bitches, like, <laughs> we're all about it, because that's what this film is about. It's about searching for these women who have been missing and murdered, and mm. the mothers who who came out to pick up after the slack when the police wouldn't help them. So. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's on the list because there's time to watch um, all of the things mm-hmm. that are out right now, but yeah, it's on... Netflix and uh, I I can't wait to watch it and I love Amy Ryan too. she's amazing she's so beautiful Holly Flax yeah I know <laughs> I can't help it I just think of the office and she's really petite and sweet yeah. and just super humble yeah there was unassuming. a picture that someone snapped it probably was Shar maybe or Shoshana when Ange it made Amy Ryan laugh really hard. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. I have I that picture seen it. somewhere. Okay, maybe it's in our. I think our, it, it's our shared. It's Google. somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, everything from Sundance is a blur. So, like when you said, <laughs> like, like right before we started rolling tape for these intros and outros, you said, uh, "Oh, Shar was in the room on Dirty That One." I was like. Dude, I, I don't even know. I don't know who's. I who. hope you were. I hope you're in the room because <laughs> someone heard the only. It. You're the only audio producer. <laughs> but no, like when you said um, that they made the comments about being bad bitches, I was like, oh, okay, it was that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Compared to like, you know, we did seventy of these, and, and so- a lot of people did comment on, but uh, specifically because of this topic, they were mm-hmm. really excited to see the bitch talk logo. Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing is like. What's cool about Sundance, too, is that there's people that are, you know, quote unquote famous or popular, you know, like, you know, known outside of the indie world. Right. It, you don't really realize it until later. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, like like I said, like sometimes I look at the call sheet and I'm like, oh, Leah Thompson's going to be in here in like five minutes. And I had no, like, had I no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, you know, like, or there's some people that are big in other places or big in little like little cult themes, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like the office. Mm-hmm. And right. then you don't realize and then you're just like, oh, right. Like, for instance, when um, what's his name? Althea, a Greyjoy. Yes. The evil great. What's the brother? Not, uh, Not he's the uncle. <sighs> yeah. But uh, when. Uh, oh, I freaked out when he came in from <laughs> Game of Thrones. But then I wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, but then it's and then there's there were other people that are like, oh, I 
didn't know that he was in Game of Thrones, but then you're just like, oh, you're like kind of like in the presence of like really cool and talented people, but it's, I mean, like obviously all the way across, but then it's, there's, you know, like there's some names bigger than others that you don't really, like it's just so unassuming, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool about it. Right. Which is kind of fun about Sundance because you're just kind of walking around. and You have no idea well, who and, you will see. Well, yeah. And the thing is everybody's wearing snow gear. So it's right. not like you see someone in this beautiful gown and you're like, oh, there's someone special. <laughs> like right. we're all wearing beanies well, we were and jackets. The, we were at the McMillions <laughs> Uh, room <laughs> and we ran into the dude from um, I know Booksmart. I wasn't there his hair was different though but I was like oh shit I love that kid and now he I now I, well I'm looking for the guy's name from Game of Thrones I'm sorry Euron Euron Greyjoy yes it was Euron I well, know that's but not what's his, his real name, name? <laughs> oh uh, Aspect it's, a- it's uh, hard to it's pronounce a, it starts with a P anyways yeah. uh, sorry it's... sorry sorry listeners it was hard to pronounce I had to Practice. It's something as Beck. It was just <laughs> funny when he walked in and because look. I looked right at Ange. Yeah. Well, and so, she- <laughs> well, okay. So I knew I I knew that he I was going to be interviewing him at some point, but their interview was thrown into the middle of our morning. So when that happens, you're right. just kind of shuffling from one to the next. So I didn't realize that it was next until I saw who walked in. And right when I looked at him, I looked at Aaron, and we were like, <gasps> "Boy, oh, oh, oh. yeah, like oh shit." And it's, then later on, you guys kept talking about it, and I had to like secretly Google on my phone. Yeah, because you have phone, no idea. Because I had to pretend like I know what I was talking about. He was, real, he was real goofy too. <laughs> oh, sorry. The kid, the kid from Booksmart that uh, that I called out was Jared. He played Jared, and his name's Skyler Gizondo. Gizondo, probably Gizondo. Yeah, but his hair was different. But he was super cute. He did shake my hand though. <laughs> now I'm rethinking. Sorry if you didn't listen to our basic bitch with uh, W. Kamal Bell. We were talking about um, a couple episodes ago. We were talking about handshaking. The now. handshake like, has been canceled. Maybe we just won't do that anymore. There's no need. I also Come like on. to hug. Maybe I can't do. Th- I just can't do that anymore. No, I miss hugs. I know. To be honest, but I can't wait to start but, hugging. Again. But the Japanese really have it down. You just bow. I'm not just gonna hug anyone, but the people I that I normally hug, I'm gonna like. Hug. We have a connection with. We can't help it. Mm-hmm. No, I need hugs. <laughs> Consider me a okay. stuffed animal. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Handshakes are canceled. <laughs> mm-hmm. We just went down the rabbit hole of Sundance, meeting people. Pilu Aspect. Pilu. <laughs> Good old Pilu. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my interview with Liz Garbus and the great Amy Ryan. Don't forget to check us out on bishtalkpodcast.com from 6 to 6.30 a.m. at bff.fm on your Monday morning commutes. We are powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please.